Wow. It's good to see you guys. Hey, guys. Good to see you, too. We've literally experienced a 70-degree temperature differential over the past yeah. week, which is pretty crazy. Cause a blackout at this place. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. basically like Oklahoma weather, but it was experienced by a lot more people. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our world, Texas. Yeah. yeah. No. Texas. Yo, I feel welcome. bad for them. You know, last time we didn't talk about the fact that uh, Kevin Stitt was in New Mexico uh, at the beginning of the Oklahoma storms. So he pulled like a mini Ted Cruz, which I think what's funny about that is we talked about Ted Cruz and he got a lot of heat and he looked like a doofus, but it plays into the whole Oklahoma is just like a worse version of Texas stereotype because like Kevin <laughs> yeah. Stitt went on vacation to New Mexico, not even Mexico, but he's in New Mexico. <laughs> and it was at the beginning. And so it was like before Ted Cruz, so it was like, I uh, just, you know, as an Oklahoma and that stuff kind of, it irks me. Makes me okay, feel kind of sad. Dude, I don't know if we talked about this, but he just told the truth. Like, you know, he doesn't have water in Houston. He doesn't have electricity. So he went to Cancun. People buy that shit. Like, I understand. Instead, he was like, no, I didn't do it. It was for the kids or whatever. Yeah. He said his kids wanted it, which, to be fair, is a pretty good PR play because it's like, how can you say no to your kids? He can't say, yeah, I wanted a break, so I'm going to dip. He's going to say, my kid was crying on the floor, and he was like, I'm cold, Daddy. (laughs) Daddy, I'm so cold. He could have sent the kids and stayed. you know, did his job, but you know, you, whatever. You should work in politics, Wayne. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> You're a vet. That gets uh, you a lot of points. I've you I have mean, business acumen. I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know. I don't think I would do well. Why? You're not ruthless enough. I. That's. That is a big part of it. And yeah, I just, I don't think I'd be able to raise, well, maybe, you know, there's people that raise money, you know, from other people. I'd probably have to do that. I don't think yeah. I'd be good at getting large corporations to give me money. Just based yeah. on things I would say, I'd probably, that wouldn't happen. You uh, find yeah, I've never really Oklahoma. thought about it. What? Yeah. You can find your small town Oklahoma and uh, go run there. Purcell. Mm-hmm. Wayne for Purcell. Purcell. That's bigger. That's bigger. Yeah. Small, a super small town. Mm. Wayne for Purcell. You I like that idea. Yeah. Can, you know what? I'm moving to Purcell. Let's do it. That's not, true. You do need to live there for... Right, right. I'm a roller right now on this podcast. It's <laughs> happening. Let's go. What? Uh, GoFundMe forward slash Wayne for Purcell comptroller. What's a comptroller? I'm not sure. <laughs> Always wondered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not are they sure. like a money? Are they like a money manager? Probably. Uh, I just know that they like comptroll. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't took off, it. Took but off three letters. Luckily, and I still don't know what it luckily means. there is Google, so I could probably just Google it and. Coming to Google. you straight from Heat That Moves, Google's definition of comptroller. A comptroller yeah. is a management level position responsible for supervising the quality of accounting and financial reporting of an organization. Okay. So they're like a CFO, but 
they don't want to pay him that much. Yeah, yeah, I heard the controls actually don't make very much at all. Like, why'd you pick that? It just was the first you, thing that popped into my head. Hold on, you're 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 ripe uh, to embezzle money. Wow, this is terrible for kicking off a campaign here. But if you're <laughs> comptroller, I feel like if you wanted to embezzle money, the ideal position is a comptroller, based on Josh's Google description. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, with the big news that Wayne is running for Purcell Comptroller, Wayne for Purcell Comptroller, uh, we would like to welcome you to Heat That Moves, the podcast where we talk about life and business and whatever else we want to talk about that doesn't fit into those categories. Uh, I'm Trevor. Join, joining me is Wayne and Josh. Uh, and Josh is not in politics yet, but I think inevitably all three of us will probably be. Yeah, we're all um, going for something. Yeah. You either run for something or you're run from something. Mm-hmm. That's a oh, man, that's good. That is you know what? That's my uh that's my slogan. I'm taking it. <laughs> 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 what will you say when you're inevitably asked uh what does that mean, Wayne? It sounds good, but what does it I'm mean? I'm gonna memorize the Google um definition. Yeah, I can memorize that. It, it'll only take me a day to memorize that. It's some speech. He's had to repeat it a bunch of times. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Less than a day, I'll be an expert on what Google says a comptroller is. Guaranteed. It's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. What uh, what kind of platform would you have for Purcell, Oklahoma, Wayne? What would be your first action items? My first action items would be. My first thing I would do is I would learn about Purcell, Oklahoma. And figure out what problems they have, financially mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. And then I would come up with plans to fix them. Wow. Yes. So it's like a th- you call that the three-step process. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, you just have to identify the problem, make mm-hmm. a plan, execute mm-hmm. the plan. Yeah. And then That's repeat. three steps. That's yes. so easy. And it's exactly. a circle. It's not, even, it's not even linear. That's a circle. It's a circle because, like, it's iterative. You're always trying to improve. Wow. Like, do you think, I don't know anyone from Purcell, but I almost worry that using the word iterative is going to make you sound like a city boy. Um, So maybe we need to hire a PR person. I don't know. What do you think, Wayne? (laughs) Probably. Um, What's another, what's a country word for iterative? The crop cycle. So it's it's like the crop cycle. I don't, know, I don't know if about farming even. Circle of life. Yeah, everybody's seen a circle of progress. No, you don't. I don't want to say progress. I don't know. No, that. that's an Obama word. That's danger zone. Obama word. Don't say progress. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're close to progressive. Improvement. Circle of improvement. That's what I'll run on. My circle of improvement. And what I like about this circle is that it has three discrete points. Um, so it's almost like a triangle inscribed in a circle. So the circle is repeating it because it's the circle of improvement, but you have identify, plan, execute. Yeah. Boom. It's starting to kind of look like a, uh, it's good. And that can, you can throw that up at the end of your stump speech. <laughs> I feel like people well, think I was a devil worshiper or something if I did that. That's true. What's yeah. the, um, Legend of Zelda, the try thing? 
The Triforce. Triforce. Is Triforce? Yeah, but so. you know, I think it is the Triforce for a fact. Okay. I think that I don't know. I I would again. I don't want to stereotype against people in my home state, but I don't think that they've played Legend of Zelda. So I bet even if you wanted to call it Wayne's Triforce of Progress, you could probably get away with that too. I'm gonna say I know a lot of people that live in Oklahoma, grew up in Oklahoma, that played a lot of Zelda. Okay, I'm sorry, I take that back. I'll but edit that out. That might even help. Like, cause think about it like this. Oh, so the people that know the reference are gonna be like, "That guy's cool." And wow. then the people that don't understand the reference are gonna say, "That that sounds cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's talking about. So, yeah. Because no I mean, chances are, chances are, if you don't know about Legend of Zelda, you're probably still going to be attracted to the word force. Yeah. I mean, force, that's what you want in a comptroller. When I think of a comptroller and I think of all the best comptrollers that I've known personally, forcefulness is like, it's critical. Yeah. Because I, budgets don't balance themselves. They require some force. Yeah. Dude, you guys got me like excited about this. I'm going to... It's good, dude. I'm gonna look up the rules like probably tomorrow. Next episode, I hate that moves. We're making posters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll do a poster tutorial. Wayne knows about <laughs> yeah. design stuff, so you, Wayne, you can teach us how to make a poster for political campaigns. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I like it. Well, speaking of Wayne and things that he knows about, uh, I mean, Wayne knows about memes. He knows about how they affect the stock market. He knows about uh what the best meme of the week is too okay. is that a good intro wayne yes it is meme of the so week i'm gonna go ahead and throw this bad boy up it just felt like the right one for the moment wow you yeah. guys see it right yeah yeah so good. basically of course uh when they ask what the weather's like um it, okay, basically, it's what the weather has been like in Oklahoma City, or Oklahoma, and Texas, and around the, I don't even know where all it's been bad, but most of the country. Right? Yeah. One day, it's freezing. The next day, it's not. And it's, it was like 70, what, 2, 73 today Beautiful. in Oklahoma? It was nice. I ran around um, Lake Hefner today. Good for you. Well, well, not all the way around. That's crazy. But... Uh, I ran a good two and a half miles. Pretty That's pretty good. And it was like 30 uh, in the morning. Coming up yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cold. Yeah. I waited cold. for a bit, but it was, it was good to get back out there. Agreed. You know, when people say that Oklahoma doesn't have diversity, <laughs> I don't think they pay attention to the weather. That's true. We have some of the most diverse weather in the world yeah in fact did you guys how many days ago was it probably about four days ago i felt an earthquake did anyone else feel that Ooh. it was like three or four days ago there was an earthquake and it woke me up just throwing that out there there was definitely an earthquake a few days ago did you did you immediately identify as an earthquake Yes. Or were you kind of like, what was that? Yeah, I've known about earthquakes longer than most Okies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you spent California. some time in California. 
and visited California when I was a kid. Like the first earthquake I ever was a part of. I want to say I was 13, maybe. So I know an earthquake when I feel one. That's cool. You were a, you were a teen. Uh, Josh, you know a lot about earthquakes because you helped cause them by your work with the oil and gas industry. Is that right? Right. Like that was a joke yeah. I was wrecking, but uh, it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. What is an earthquake? An earthquake is when two pieces of um, rock shear against each other and cause movement. Ooh. Um, Ooh. I was at a con, a, not a conference, a talk, yet, not the other day, a while back, but it was like a year ago or so. Um, yeah, they were saying it was a, a group that was an oil and gas company traditionally, but they, they tracked earthquakes. And it was a whole big discussion on like, you know, who, what causes the earthquake? Is it natural? Or um, are we causing by fracking? Um, and basically with fracking, they, they pump water into rock. So when you pump water to rock, it increases pressure, pressure and um, the, the cracks slip essentially. And okay. the company was basically like, yeah, um, we're causing earthquakes. It's kind of surprising because most, most companies monitoring that stuff would say like, oh no, it's natural, whatever. Um, yeah. So I was like, even, wow. I was, even I didn't know. Um, but I was kind of surprised to see coming straight from them, the, the people who measure it. Like, yeah, it's, we, we, we find um, clusters where uh, yeah, a lot of the drilling is. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess the obvious questions are, are they earthquakes that are damaging in some way? Like, is there an un captured externality like is it damaging people's houses in a way that you know the price of shale gas or whatever is not capturing yeah are they bad enough to actually yeah. damage anything it That's is fair. um yeah. there are two arguments uh one is basically yeah so like uh i don't know if in high school you study earthquakes and like um how you have the richter scale which is not 10 anymore i forget what it is but i think it's like like when you go from magnitude four to magnitude five, it's not like a linear increase. It's like a oh exponential. Yeah. Um, okay. And the they were wondering like you know are these artificial earthquakes do they follow the scale? Um, because if they do, then you know we're having causing a bunch of like twos or something like that, which are uh, barely you won't feel a two probably. Um, but if we have enough twos, maybe there's going to be a five down the way, and you might feel a four, you might feel a five. Um, hmm. And anything above that can cause some damage. And tradi not traditionally, um, initially they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're people are saying well, you might we might be helping. Like, you know, we're we're leaving the stress in the rock. Um oh. there's like small earthquakes around. So it's probably helping um mitigate these huge, huge um uh shifts in rock. Uh but then this same company, some I'm Putting a lot of my trust into these guys because they, they do it for a living they, they monitor these these cracks um these these little pops and they're like no 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 it follows the richter scale like you should experience like for every five you experience this many fours this many threes or whatever which i was wow. surprising um yeah so they were oh, hold on. Uh, when you say it follows a richter scale like are you meaning that if you start feeling twos then it's likely that you're going to start feeling fours soon 
And then, is that what you mean by that? Or I, no, it's, I'm more, not... it's more of like, there's a bunch of, uh, like, there's, there's like ones happening all the time. You just can't feel them. Yeah. Um, and then for X many number of twos, or for X many number of ones, you should have this many twos, you should have this many threes, this many fours. But if you cause a bunch of twos, um, historically you should see, you know, a three, uh, four, five. Okay. Um, so you're, you're creating more. Um, so you just see more of all. Um, okay. Rather than just, you know, twos. That's what I thought you meant, but I wanted to make sure. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um, I'm supposed to study, study this stuff. <laughs> so there's a distribution, which is just kind of like a single tail distribution. And it's like, if you increase the number of twos, that other tail is going to go up maybe also. That's yeah. the idea. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it's not cool. That's actually it's not cool at all, but it's fascinating. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I was never very skilled in the natural sciences. So what you assume I learned in high school about earthquakes, I don't remember anything. Yeah. I think in seventh grade, we had a module of whatever generic seventh grade science topics you cover that was on that. And I don't know. Uh, metamorphic rock igneous rock that's as much as i got i was just like man so i i did a master's in geophysics and one of the questions my professor asked me during my defense was like hey do you trust this reading that this reading it's a little geophone it's about like this big um that's picking up uh a noise two miles deep i said no that sounds crazy like yeah this is like little thing that like is measuring a, a reaction two miles deep. Um, but uh, I, apparently it does just because you have a bunch of them, they're all measuring the same thing and you can, you know. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's repetitive and you have the same signal. So apparently it makes sense. What did he say when you said that? Did he correct you in the moment? Um, I forget what happened. I don't think I explained it very well because he looked at me kind of odd. <laughs> but you got three. That's, I passed though, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh well, um next. Sorry, this is a terrible segue so far. Um next, we're gonna do a cultural recommendation. And I'm gonna do it this time. Um Last week, Josh introduced us to the Amazon original by Jonathan Andrew Rowe, How to Defeat a Demon King in 10 Easy Steps. And I'm disappointed to announce that I didn't read it like Josh asked me to, but what? I'll read it sometime soon and we can talk about it. Um, Josh actually listened to it again, which is crazy. I did. It makes okay. me feel even worse yeah. uh, because it's, it's like you good. read it so exactly yeah you read it so we could have a quality discussion and i failed so i want to publicly apologize josh um well thank you i'll i'll, I'll read it again i'll listen to it again this week so we're... <laughs> third time good now i really feel a lot of pressure because that's a lot of your life that it's taken up <laughs> i don't have audible so i, I don't have to do it mm. oh yeah me neither i'm just kidding i bought it on the <laughs> podcast last time um i want to I thought a lot about what to talk about because there's a lot of things in culture that I'm passionate about, but I saw this movie that I think was very overlooked when it came out. And I'll be honest, 
I didn't prep for this cultural recommendation. So I might throw out some facts that are incorrect or I'll be, or I, I won't do that, but I'll be vague to the point where you might want more details, but it's a movie from 2012. It's set in space and it's called moon. Have any of, have either of you or any of the listeners seen the movie moon? I have not, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All the commercial moon. I remember seeing it too. And I don't want to say a lot about the plot. In fact, I want to say less about the plot than like a trailer would, but I want to highlight a couple of things. And I think why it's worth watching because it's not available on any streaming platforms, but for whatever it costs to rent a movie on your rental platform of choice, be it Apple or Amazon or whatever, it's worth the three or $4 to watch it. It's called moon. And here's, here's the first thing I think is fascinating about it that I didn't know until after I watched it that I loved in hindsight. It was written and directed by the by the son of David Bowie, so acclaimed British rock singer David Bowie. This kid uh, named it birth or called it birth. Zoe Bowie um, is now a movie director, and he doesn't go by that anymore. He goes by Duncan something or yeah, I should have looked that up, but. This movie is not Bowie-esque at all. It doesn't have any kind of like the whimsical, fantastical costumes and imagery. Like it's a really interesting movie. And the premise is this, and this doesn't do it justice. So the reason I'm recommending it is that I want you to take this small description because I don't want to give away too much and I want you to watch it. There's an engineer that's on the moon and he works for a corporation and he's there for three years. And his three-year tour of work or contract is coming to a close. He's got two weeks left at the opening of the movie. And his job is basically to oversee this um, mining operation on the moon. And he's best friend and the only other sentient being at the beginning of the movie is this uh, intelligent computer system voiced by Kevin Spacey. Now, what happens with the rest of the movie is kind of, it's, it's not like one of those like labyrinthian plots where you can't understand what's going on. You pick up pretty quickly what's going on, but the way it continues to unfold makes the plot consistently more interesting. Um, he's got a wife and kids, so he's got a strong incentive to get home. But some really unexpected stuff happens. And it's not sci-fi stuff. It's like a big corporation, um, maybe not valuing human life type stuff. So for that reason, I heavily recommend it. Acting's fantastic. Um, But Moon by the son of David Bowie. I recommend it. I basically love that. You're like, by the son of David Bowie. Yeah, he would. Gotta be tough. Yeah, (laughs) He doesn't even go by Bowie anymore. He goes by something or other. (laughs) It's like, man. If you're out there listening, I'm sorry. I didn't research it very much, but I loved the movie. It reminds me of a ripoff of uh, the Jetsons movie. Where have you seen it? I've seen the Jetsons movie. Okay, what happens in the Jet? Who's seen the Jetsons movie? The it's on like Netflix or something. We were like wondering what to watch. Like, huh? We've watched everything since we're all quarantined. The Jetsons movies is up. I watched Jetsons when I was little. It'd be interesting yeah. to see. Um, yeah. Trader Z 
I I rarely see any movies rated G anymore. Wow. But um, it's about George Jetson and you know his boss. Did you guys watch the Jetsons when you were little? Yeah, like the short guy with the yeah, black short guy, he's a little like angry all the time. Um, he's like, I keep sending this vice president to this comet to mine space stuff, um, but this vice president always fails. Um, I'm going to send Jetson. Jetson, and then Jetson goes to the moon. Um, but I won't spoil it. But it's about you know not tearing down the habitats of other interesting or organisms to build to mine your own crap. Okay, that's interesting. So it's got kind of like an eco political element to it. Yeah. Moon is very much about, I think it's about, I think on some level, it's kind of a capitalist critique. Mm. Um, mm. It's about, it's about the, you know, calls into question the play of the, the tension between corporate, like a large futuristic corporation and the value of an individual human life. And not only that, it's like very, uh endearing acting's good the plot's great there's some crazy stuff that happens um yeah josh i feel like you made you made this cultural recommendation better by bringing up the jetsons movie i don't want to commit to watching it um don't it's kind of boring actually i have a a question it's just something i'm starting to think about so the jetsons right where do they live like are they on Earth? Like, just, are they just like really high in the atmosphere on Earth, or are they somewhere else? I don't think I've ever really thought about that. But where are they? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's weird. Huh? Where's the ground? I don't think I've ever seen the ground. Yeah, I don't think so either. In the Jetsons. Huh. Yeah, they kind of live up. It's like in Star Wars that. Uh, Cloud City Cloud that City. I can't remember the name of. Lando City. Lando City. Um, is it called? It's, Sir, the sea? Might be called Cloud City or something. <laughs> is it called Cloud City? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I could Google it. But I, I got a little lazy for that one. It, I'm going to take, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay two stakes in the ground and say it's with the C or an N. I'm not trying to remember before Wayne can Google it. This is Man versus Machine. This is good. It's like the movie Moon. Okay. This is good Cloud City. Okay, it's saying Cloud City. Wow. Cloud City. It starts with the yeah. city. <laughs> so you had it, man. You but, just needed some confidence. That's all. Yeah. You're confident she would have been good. But You're right. to your point about, um, you know, corporations, uh, colonizing the moon like you think it's outlandish but two of my people i have a lot of respect for in terms of um what they can get done jeff bezos and elon musk both are obsessed with going to the well not the moon but past the moon and i'm like right out of all your all your things that you make and you've talked about like oh yeah you know i think you're a really smart dude whatever, except for this one piece of both your thoughts that are consistent between the two of you. So maybe I just start thinking about 
going past the earth and something else. Wow. Mm. Does the idea of a, a moon, or in the case of Musk and Bezos, a Mars mission, knowing that it would be kind of brutal, but still, I mean, on the cutting edge of human experience, does it have any appeal to you? Would you go to the moon, go to Mars on like a, a, a 10 year or a five year contract or something? You're not coming back from Mars. Yeah. You're just not. Like, people will in at some point, but the first people to go, they're not coming back. Yeah. Would you go, Wayne? Would no. you do it? I wouldn't go. There's too much stuff here that I don't, I would miss. Why would I go? Unless it was a situation where me going was going to just completely change the circumstances of my entire family for generations or something like that, then I'd probably be like, okay. Hmm. I mean, that, that begs the question of uh, what's the price? So say, how long does it take to get to Mars? Three years? Like a little over three years? Probably. I yeah. don't know. Josh is on it again. Josh is Google master. <laughs> so it might be something like three years. Um, might be a little over three years. Wayne, what's the number that would get you there? So you know that, so, okay. So let me, let me lay out a little bit more of the scenario. You have a wife, you have three kids, three kids, and you're going to go to Mars and it takes how long, Josh? And it was seven to technology. nine months. Seven to nine months. Yeah. It's fast. Oh, I don't know why I thought it was three years. Well, the question um, when I Google it depends on when you first thing. Yeah. All first that. Thing yeah. It does take four years to get to Mars. So some that, that's something going around. Um, yeah. In that vein. Well, they say it's seven you, nine months. I know you have to like wait for the rotation of the Earth to be right so that you can use its orbit to launch you off. Uh, okay, so Wayne, let's say five-year contract. Like you already said, there's a good chance you wouldn't come back just because it's risky. What's the dollar num dollar figure for this contract? Like you said, to really set your wife and your kids up, knowing that let's say there's a 50% chance you won't come back. What's the dollar amount? And Josh, be thinking of your dollar amount. I would probably look at baseball players. Mm. Like, what's the average all-star baseball players? I'd probably do it for that much, maybe. Because those okay. guys get signed, you know, $300 million contracts. Oh, that's a big number. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I don't know. I'd be like, come on, guys, if I'm going to be over there setting up a colony and crap and won't come back because the thing you have to think about it like this we don't we're not going to have the technology for the first people there or the materials to do two launches okay so That's when you land on mars you're on mars you're not going to be able to leave okay so there isn't really going to be a it's not going to be a situation where you can just go there for a couple of years and then come back. That's not going to happen for yeah. a long time. A lot of people are going to have to go to Mars and bring things. And then maybe at some point we'll be able to build whatever we need to send some stuff back. Yeah. Okay. 
But I see what you're saying. Okay, so you say three hundred million, something like because that. because the first people won't get to come back. So it's not even like five years yeah. they're back. It's like and it's not even. Million. I wouldn't even get to spend it. No, it'd just be for your family, your wife, and your yeah. three kids, and your you know your siblings and your parents. Yeah. So. Josh, what's your number? Well, my initial thought was my uh, my intuition said a hundred million, but I thought that was too much. So I was like, 50 million? That sounds like might not, not be enough. So somewhere between 50 and 100. So let's say 50. Okay. Cool. I was thinking like 15 million. So now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, be right. fun. Be an adventure. Be probably miserable. But yeah, not super fun. Kind of yeah. interesting. If you, if you really like, actually, it's my hot take. Um, if you like travel, want to experience new things, maybe that's it. I have recently gone against that. I used to be like, I always want to travel, experience new things. Kind of don't anymore. I like interesting what I in my life. Like my day to day is nice. And I think well, that's good. I think that it wouldn't be as exciting as traveling around Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way I picture it is, you're gonna be basically it's like a the world's not even the world's it'll be the longest road trip in history <laughs> basically you're stuck in a spaceship for however long and then once you land there you're basically building stuff up and you're not going to be able to explore mars really you're going to have to stay close to whatever you set up so that you can survive so you're probably just gonna be watching netflix and reading books and working the entire rest of your life and there's no breweries or barbecue places along the way for you to stop at yeah (laughs) yeah. it sounds not fun like i wouldn't look forward to it that's why i would have a high price because i wouldn't want to go yeah (laughs) but josh maybe that's why you would like it i mean you would be without your wife you'd be without a lot of things but if you've if you, if you feel like you've no longer got the itch to travel, I bet most of Mars looks the same. <laughs> if you can take your family, have like a bring multiple people on. I'm sure you need more than one person. Um, That's right. And pro- to be honest, I don't want to be crude, but probably, I, I mean, I don't know if they'd want people to reproduce. If it's only seven to nine months, I don't think you need to maybe plan for like the Noah's Ark type reproduction scheme but uh that could be valuable reproduce although having a baby that's born there and grew up there the baby would be weird (laughs) whoa whoa i think it's gonna be fine i think there's a movie about that uh i never saw it but i saw the commercials and stuff about moon about a kid that was born on i think mars or something Mm -hmm. and so he grew up on mars and mars has what 60% 60% the gravity or something like that. I don't know anymore. And so he was like really weak and sickly. Mm. And he went back to Earth and fell in love with some girl. But then he, I think he died or something. I don't know. But there's a movie about that. Huh. Or he had Remember to go how he died? Mars. Or he would have died, I think was the thing. So they were all like, oh, I don't want to go to Mars. But he can't stay there. So it was all a thing. But actually, I can see how... No, go ahead. Speaking of Mars... So I've been kind of on that whole um, 
what is it called? Uh, Clubhouse. Oh, I've yeah. been on Clubhouse a bit lately. And one cool thing that I got to do is, you know how they had a, a rover that landed? I don't mm-hmm. because you sent me an invitation to go. I to- did send you an invitation. Okay, never mind. My bad. My bad. I do think <laughs> I heard that it's only for Apple products right now, though. So you might not even be able to use it. Yeah, so I probably just wasted one of my invitations on you. Damn, I was like, <laughs> that's what I heard. Damn. But anyway, okay. what was really cool was there was a room where they had a bunch of scientists and engineers that worked on that whole mission for the rover and the landing and all of that. They were in a room. You could look at a link and watch the landing. And they were just talking and taking questions and stuff. It was pretty cool. Just interesting because they were, they were kind of like walking through, all right, this part of the descent is really important because this is going to have to detach and this is going to have to do this at this exact moment and explaining how everything worked. And so you were actually like having the scientists that figured all this out explain what's happening instead of just seeing it. So it was re- it was actually pretty cool, and people got to ask questions and stuff like that. Clubhouse is pretty dope. Dang. I need to give it another chance because I spent a little bit of time on it after you graciously sent me an invitation for fifty dollars US. Which again, thank you. Well, um, I'm just kidding. It was free. <laughs> Wayne's a good friend. Uh, I didn't give it enough time. I dropped in a couple conversations. Um. I pretty quickly it like because it, it like reads your contacts and connects you to people that you might know, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden, I, all the notifications I was getting were this sales coach that I used to that used to be associated with this company that I worked for, doing all these like B two B marketing sales tip sessions, and I just it put a sour taste in my mouth. But I'll go back and check again. the The only real valid critique that I have of Clubhouse is that their logo is awful. It's just a guy. Yeah, it's just a dude's profile. Like, I'm just like, what? I was wondering, who is that guy? So, yeah, I don't want to look at him. If I see him in a notification, this dude that I've got no attachment to, I'm like, <laughs> what? It's just a you guy's know, profile? Uh, what is it? I'm so Tom? Deep. I think it's Tom. From yeah, my- from MySpace. <laughs> He's the modern day Tom. Ugh. Man, poor Tom. I don't even... I joke about it. I don't know what happened to him. I really don't know what happened to Dom. I think, I think I'm sure he's doing okay. I, I heard it. Didn't he wasn't he one of the owners or something or one of the founders? I, I assume he was a founder. I and don't he know. sold it. I mean, they, they sold it, so he probably made a decent amount of money. I would assume. Yeah, depending on when he sold. Um, remember Justin Timberlake? I think bought a decent chunk. This is probably five or six years ago. Tried to revitalize it, and it just fell flat on its face. Yeah, I think I remember that because around that time, I decided to try to log back into mine, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. It's lost. I can't. Sixty million. Tom's worth sixty million dollars. By the way, Britney Spears is worth now. So take that for what it's worth. Man, Justin Timberlake was a douche to Britney Spears. Yeah. By the way. Was he? Yeah, yeah. That's not the narrative that I got. Like, I haven't seen the the movie or whatever. He had a whole um, response on Instagram to. Well, I mean, 
it was written um, after that movie, after that documentary came out. Uh, so what did he do? Just stories about him um, just kind of being like, you know, on talk shows being like, yeah, we, um, you should look it up. I don't, I didn't it, look Cause he, he did make a big deal out of the fact that she cheated on him or something. It was the way that I remember it playing out. Did that was a big piece him? of it. Did she I don't think it's confirmed. Yeah. But, but he's, he's now, I think he's, he's kind of had a turn of opinion because I think he was beloved for a while, but like Josh was talking about and what you're waiting, you're talking about too is, yeah, he basically, well, in a, I think his music video for Crimea River showed Britney Spears cheating on him. Yeah. Um, he talked on a radio show about how they slept together while Britney Spears was claiming to be a virgin. And yeah. so I think that that kind of general behavior. And then I think if you take that and you pair it with the whole Janet Jackson Super Bowl incident, which we've talked about here on podcast before, where he essentially is the same type of behavior again to where Janet Jackson ended up looking like uh, the perpetrator of some kind of cultural crime. Um, But, you know, he's married to Jessica Alba, so it's like... No, it's uh, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. Oh, that's right. Good save. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. Uh, you know, she was on that show. Did you Did you all ever watch the show Seventh Heaven, where Jessica yeah. Biel got her start? I liked that show. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of like a white, a super white version of my family, except there's like <laughs> yeah, because right. it had the same they had the same like um, ages, except I would have been I'd have been the blind kid, and they were like the Simon. same sexes too. Like it was the same order, and they were the same. <laughs> But if Simon was the youngest, yeah, yeah, and the wow. mom reminded me of a white version of my mom, like Harper. <laughs> she really did. But wow, yeah, that's a, that. That's the cultural recommendation we should have done: is to watch the show Seventh Devon. Yeah. Seventh 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 Yeah. I don't remember the words. I merely thought of Seventh Heaven, walking down the street. Seventh <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> Something like to me. Hey, so, <laughs> Trevor, I'll have to invite you to some interesting clubhouse, like rooms or whatever. I was listening to some people talk about crypto and blockchain. They explained uh, like crypto way better than I've ever had it explained to me before. To where a lot more of it makes sense. But so I love that having people that know what they're talking about explain things to Mm -hmm. me and just have discussions that are interesting. Yeah, I'll give it another chance. That's a you're right. Yeah, Um, I would recommend searching for what you want to listen to or what you're interested in hearing about. Find rooms about that stuff. And then go into those rooms, and hopefully they're good. Cool. Yeah, I'll do that, and then I'll, I'll report back. Cause I, I'm not told, I'm not 100 sold on the concept yet, but I think I haven't given it a fair shake. I, I, I listen to like parts of two conversations. 
um then the logo just kind of made me angry yeah i was sold by the nasa stuff yeah. yeah i thought that was pretty cool yeah yeah like that was actually really cool yeah well you know we speak about nasa they went to mars on mars there is no water and in fact for the main course tonight we're doing a potluck we're doing a potluck and the the theme of our potluck is water. Um, so we're all gonna come with some stuff about water. Uh, I can I can talk about some stuff first. Joshua Wayne, if you have some stuff you want to talk about with water, we can do that too. It's up to you guys. We could do that. I must warn you, the only thing coming to mind is kind of political. Well, I'll go first. I know always it is. Um, always is. It matches yours, Wayne, because mine's kind of political too. Mine <laughs> is. So, down here in Texas, we had the power go out, right? And, you know, Ted Cruz went to Cancun, all that. Um, we also lost, a lot of people lost water, which is, I mean, power go out, you can handle that. But if you lose water, you kind of have a time limit on when you can, when you need to get more water or you die. <laughs> um, I actually don't know if any people died with these power outages, but I hope I hope not. Um, oh, people died. Yeah. Damn. Wow. That's R.I.P. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to thinking about it. And like, so on my LinkedIn, it, a lot of people, a lot of, I'm uh, connected to a lot of people who are working in the oil and gas field. And you, you hear a lot of like, oh man, look at those like wind turbines, they failed. And then you have a lot of other people on my LinkedIn being like, you know, really it's not the wind turbines who failed. Like a lot of these gas plants are like the gas plants failed. So like it's oil and gas, a lot of pointing fingers. What I've heard is that it's um, a lot of failures were, were within the infrastructure of the electrical grid. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that and you know, people are talking about, you know, the oil and gas piece or the wind piece. But I really think problems like that will be solved if you fix things like um, electrical uh, infrastructure. And I got to think, you know, should the federal government start um, enacting things like, you know, back in the day they had the WCA who hired people to build like roads and stuff. Um, But will, Will and should the um, federal government um, fund these projects that you know build up things like infrastructure? Because I guess towards the should part, they they should do it. Um, will they do it? I don't think they'll do it because, as you can see, the two sides of my LinkedIn or uh, uh, LinkedIn feed, my social media, were on two different problems that neither solved the issue of um, power. Um, so even if you fixed it, you wouldn't get credit for it. So I just thought um, I'd bring that up and your thoughts on um, how you get some politicians to actually look at these problems in depth and solve the uh, uh, the meat of the issue versus um, what I was being talked about at the time. Yeah. Hmm. Was I your issue related, Wayne? No, no, okay. it wasn't. But uh, I actually have a few thoughts on that. Um, yeah. So I did a little bit of research and read quite a bit on what the problems were. Why was Texas so hard hit? Whereas 
Oklahoma was and basically nowhere else was, right? And from what I can tell, the answer is they really deregulated the power grid in Texas in comparison to everywhere else. And basically, they're just trying to make it as cheap as possible for them to produce electricity, whichever way, in any way. Basically, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. So I heard that there was a lot of reports that were presented saying, hey, if, if, it, if things get too cold, we could have catastrophic failures and it'll, it'll cost like 20 million or something to winterize our grid. But the companies didn't want to spend the money on it because they wanted to keep the money. They wanted to, you know, you know, keep it, give it to the shareholders, make it profit, whatever. And so that was a big reason why everything went so poorly in Texas. And so I think that really it needs to be regulated more than what it is, because anytime you ask someone, hey, or tell someone, hey, we need you guys to spend $20 million on this because there's a chance that something might happen. They're probably not going to do it if they don't have to. Let's just be honest. So to me, that just means that they need a little bit, they need more regulation. They need to make sure that those companies invest in, you know, winterizing their grid. That's my take on it. It's all because it's all deregulated too far. Yeah. That's my thought. Yeah, you're right. Texas is kind of crazy like that. Um, I know. Yeah, it is crazy because you can literally like in Oklahoma, you have government sanctioned monopolies uh that provide electrical power mm-hmm. and the oklahoma is a part of like a regional consortium of energy to where if if our supply dips we're a part of a pooled market through which we can purchase energy and we're okay that's why we didn't lose power except mm-hmm. for me um right now right um After but uh, on a generator I, yeah, actually, I hooked my bike up. Um, I've been pedaling this whole time, so <laughs> I'm looking a little sweaty. Um, but I, I think back to ni- like '99 when Enron convinced California to deregulate their energy industry, and California experienced rolling blackouts because inevitably something disrupts the market that you hadn't really accounted for, and the worst case gets really bad. The worst case is beyond even just higher prices during a crisis. The worst part is there is not supply sufficient to meet demand um, at any price. So it's kind of like, I think we're all proponents of free markets, but I think there's certain things that the government has a place in regulating. And so I'm really curious to see if this changes at all kind of the political thought in Texas. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So not fun. Not fun. Wayne, what uh, what what do you bring into potluck? So it's actually funny. I so I recently listened to a podcast where uh, Aaron Brockovich was interviewed. Whoa. The real one. Yeah. Not not Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Not but the real. And what I didn't know she was a real person. Oh yeah. That, that was basically a a true story. 
Wow. Yeah, so it was interesting because she was talking about, they talked, of course, they talked about Flint, Michigan, and how crazy it is that we haven't fixed that whole issue, which just blows my mind. I mean, we have the Democrats supposed to care about that stuff, and they haven't, they're just hoping that we all forget about it, honestly, is the way I feel about it. When they should be trying to fix the problem because it wasn't their fault that the governor decided to reroute them to what was it like a lake or something that is known to be really, really dirty. It has like runoff from all those uh, factories that were building cars and different things for decades and they decided to make people drink it. Like not even, it's crazy just to save a little bit of money. So, I mean, I guess that's what I would want to bring attention to when it comes to water is Aaron Brockovich said that it's, it's, you'd be surprised how bad the water is in most of the country because of how much we've deregulated it. And when we get caught, you know, dumping toxic materials into the water, generally speaking, they they might get a, you know, a fine, but that fine is usually way less than the money that they make by doing what they're doing. So they just look at it as price doing business. So I, I think that we definitely need, like, we need more regulation on basic things like water and energy. Like, that's that's my opinion. And that's really all I have to say. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um... It's just really disheartening when you see stuff like that become such a news story. And as a news story, it's got all the theatrics and drama that any newscaster would hope for in a news story. And then nothing happens. Like, that's that's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, when did that even start? The Flint, Michigan stuff? It started in, I want to say it was at the at the latest 2015 i want it might have been 2014 yeah i was thinking around there yeah, i don't remember yeah it was during obama uh yeah administration well my, and then, my yeah no you go ahead my thoughts are i used to be fairly like libertarian like free market is well guess the best result um sort of thinking but the past like couple of years I just think that's not, if you value things like um, someone's life or if you have these values in place um, like that, you can't, you have to regulate things like water and energy because sure, if you deregulate, um, let's say, I'll talk about energy just because that's what I'm more familiar with, but um, I'm sure it applies to water, but they probably, you know, Flint had this, someone made a decision to use that lake, which was cheaper. Um, and, you know, this one out of, I don't know how many um, water or uh, water companies um, goes, maybe not even, they don't, don't even get um, punished that hard for it, but um, you know, one out of say 30 or whatever, you're willing to take that chance if you're a company and say, you know, we don't, we're not going to, or a, a state, no, we're not going to regulate this. It'll uh, cause our costs to go up. Um, and, you know, what happened with the mission was um, sad, but, you know, it's not going to happen to us. 
and you like often it doesn't, but you have to protect those people who it does happen to. And that's why you, you have to um, put on those regulations to um, protect, you know, everyone because that's what we believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think that if cost efficiency is all you care about in the long run, and I'm talking like on average over a very huge time horizon. Yeah. You're always going to get that. But I think if, I agree with you, what you're saying, Josh, in that if, if you are risk averse along certain dimensions, like human life or human suffering, then adding regulation that adds some, uh, you know, essentially like bumpers with between which the free market can do its thing, that's good because otherwise the worst case scenario can be really, really bad. And it's like, yeah, the best, and, and really the best case scenario is not even like that huge. It's like, yeah, over a long time horizon on average, you're going to have lower prices. But when you have these crises that pop up, stuff can get really bad. So I completely yeah. agree with you. Um, so that's why I've just always kind of been, I think that markets in general need some guidelines some boundaries, some rules of the game. Because there's a lot of other examples you could come up with to where left completely devoid of any regulation the free market can go a little haywire so a little bit of uh you know some level of guide rails by some government entity is a good thing when you value stuff like human life that's why i'm a supporter of things like i'm a big supporter of the epa i'm a big supporter of the fda um i like there's just certain stuff yeah like yeah, it's not perfect, but yeah. And what's crazy is if you travel, like go to Europe, the food that we get served here, they wouldn't even isn't even legal in Europe. It's crazy the difference. Like you can taste the difference a lot of the time. You go to McDonald's yeah. in Europe, and it doesn't even look the same. Yeah, you told me that I couldn't get a bacon a Wendy's baconator in Europe and I couldn't get Wendy's Baconator in Romania. It wouldn't allow it. Well, no, you, you, you would, uh, you would be able to get not, maybe not in Romania. I didn't, I don't think I saw, uh, I mean, Donald's when I was there, yeah. but Germany, you could get all of that stuff, but it was just better quality and probably didn't have <laughs> as many chemicals in it. Yeah. Probably. Um, like my favorite soda by far is orange Fanta. From basically anywhere but America. <laughs> it's a huge difference. Wow. I wish I had a picture to show you. Like, they're not even the same color. Wow. It's crazy. The difference wow. in taste is ridiculous. I, I Sometimes I have dreams about just drinking Fanta in Europe. Because mm. I miss it. Josh, <laughs> are you changing your mind about traveling now? <laughs> um... Well, so I guess I wasn't gonna bring this up, but I'll bring it up. Um, I went to the Coca Cola factory in uh, Atlanta, and I tried all the sodas from other countries. Man, they suck! Like, really? It's nearly as good as Coke from America. Yeah, it must be all the, like the sugar and like um, what's the really refined sugar stuff? The high fructose corn syrup. It must be the high fructose corn syrup because uh, some of it was like not sweet, and I was like, "What is going on?" Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not better everywhere, but yeah. Did you try the German or European Fanta? I did not. 
I did not. Or Mezzo yeah. mix, man. Yeah. I'm, it's taking me back. Yeah, I need, I need to try it. Not to say that I don't like not. I don't always dislike not sweet things. It's like a triple negative. But uh, <laughs> I think when you compare, if you have like a bitter drink versus a Coke next to you, that Coke's going to make the bitter drink way more bitter. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, I have to ask, did you end up trying a Wendy's Baconator? Did I did. you end up trying one? I did. So what I ordered was a Wendy's Baconator plus the Baconator fries. And I appreciated both. Yeah. Baconator fries has like queso plus cheese plus bacon. And it was great. Um, the Baconator is like cheese, beef, um, mayo, ketchup, and bacon. It's for like brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> bacon twice. Um, yeah, I I also recommend the bacon. Mm, I forgot, and I'm okay. also I gotta be honest, I'm not that big of a bacon person. Oh yeah, you've mentioned that before. Which a lot of people think I'm crazy for it, but I still I bacon's cool, but I don't get why people go so crazy for it. Yeah. So norm- normally, when I when I eat a sandwich with bacon on it, I and I didn't do this for bacon here because I wanted to respect you know the, the experience of eating the sandwich. Um, normally I open the sandwich, eat the bacon, and then I'll eat the rest of the sandwich. Hmm. I'll eat it separately. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, okay. Let me hit you with uh, the stuff that I had kind of come up with. I, I, I came up with two things, and we can move through them quickly. Because, um, Have you all heard the Bruce Lee quote, be like water? Yes. It's You've actually that. a film on espn oh is it about him or something okay so i was gonna read the full quote for you all real quickly and then i had a few kind of i I wanted you all's thoughts on it so bruce lee allegedly said be like water making its way through cracks do not be assertive but adjust to the object and you shall find a way around or through it if nothing within you stays rigid Outward things will disclose themselves. Empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put cup into a water, if you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, and it becomes the bottle. You put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. And so my first question for you all is: what does that even mean? Uh, first thing, or no, you can go first. I'm still okay. thinking on it. So, because I just watched the documentary, unfortunately, because kind of you know influence influence my influencing my answer. Um, okay. Bruce Lee got famous, so he died at 32, by the way. Um, super mm. 34, 32, uh, super young. Um, but during his lifetime, it was right during a lot of the civil rights era, and what he did was basically go with the flow like he'd allow a lot of these very racist asian um events to happen but you know his attitude was uh well his attitude towards the end was i'm here i'm representing um uh asia and um that's better than whatever the alternative was before that um before he got famous he and he wasn't famous always in the beginning he wasn't um 
very well known. And he actually started started not he wouldn't take any roles that would um, degrade uh, Asia essentially. Um, but because he, he's from Hong Kong, which is where my family oh, yeah. is from as well. Um, cool. Yeah, but he um, towards the end he would only he wouldn't he would either have you change the script to make it less degrading to uh, to Asians, but um, or uh, not take the role. Um, but that makes a lot of sense because towards the end he would allow these things around him. He wouldn't speak out directly, um, but when he would act, he would do things like you know I'm not going to do this thing that's degrading to Asian people, um, but he would allow. He wouldn't speak out. Yeah, it's kind of hard to uh, interpret, but he wouldn't um, directly speak out and say, like, you know, this is wrong. Don't do this sort of thing. But he would do it in his art form, which was um, acting. Okay, so basically by being an example and exposing people that were degrading the Asian community to a strong, positive, talented, smart Asian man, Mm-hmm. And maybe even befriending him, I'm guessing. I, I, I haven't seen him. Yeah, befriending him. Um, he was. And then trying to change their life. minds, like, not by arguing with them, but by forging a friendship. That kind of reminds me of there's a guy who made it his mission to befriend a bunch of KKK members, but he's a black guy. <laughs> okay. And so I don't, I, he would just befriend people that were really racist and I guess he was so charismatic that at a certain point they would give him their robes and leave the clan and he has like a closet full of clan robes Uh, but it it wasn't by preaching to him it wasn't by telling him they were wrong it was by being their friend and just convincing them through his action and through who he was that they were wrong without even arguing. So maybe that's kind of, that, that seems like it's kind of the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I can see that. Do you all take that to be true as a good strategy for how you operate in your daily life? I mean, specifically saying, don't be assertive, but adjust to the object. Do you all do that? I don't. And I think I'd be better off if I did. Hmm. I, I can think of plenty of moments in my life where if I would have just been a little bit cooler, <laughs> not said something or whatever, my life would probably be a lot better right now. But uh, and it's not, I wasn't wrong in the things that I said or did, but I wasn't in a position of power where I could say that and it not have a negative effect on my life. So I think if I had been like water, let certain things slide and, you know, try to show through, you know, I guess being a good example of whatever, I don't know, by acting certain, it's a a hard thing to do, at least constantly, because it, Holding your tongue on certain things can be very difficult, but I think there's times where I look back and I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. So I yeah. think that's something that I strive towards. Uh, being more adaptable, being able to adapt to situations, something that I'm working on. Like I'm looking at some things right now that I probably should do, 
And I know that it's my pride that's keeping me from doing those things. Mm. And if I was more like water, I'd probably just go ahead and do what's best for me. Hmm. Interesting. Josh, do you see it have much value in your life? Um, Strategy? I think being more assertive is probably would help me more, mainly because I think naturally I'm more like water, which I think is also a very Asian concept because... Um, yes. Yeah. Because uh, I, I grew up in dominantly Asian household. I mean, I, I was born in Hawaii, but my family was Chinese. It was a lot of Chinese influence. Um, and you got a lot of the, maybe not as strong as other, you know, more Asian households, but um, it's like ground into you. It's like uh, you don't speak up to authority. You don't speak up to, um, you know, uh, d uh, your elders or whoever um, in, in a lot of situations. Um, yeah. And so, and that's, I, I see why a lot of the Asian community might relate to be like water because it's like, you know, you're not going to speak up. We're going to be a good example of what you should do. Um, so I think for me, being more sort of might've helped me in certain situations because that's not what was natural to my upbringing. Yeah. It, I, I agree with you. I thought that it seemed distinctly like an Asian philosophy as well. Um, the one Asian philosophy course I took in undergrad, a lot of those early thinkers, like what's his name, Lao Tzu or Confucius, it was very much like you adapt, like to your parents, you are the perfect child. And that's the image of yourself that you put forward to your friends. You're the perfect friend. And that's so it's very much about it's all about adapting. I'm painting broad with broad strokes here, but it's very much about adapting to what's in front of you. And I, like you, Josh, this makes sense. Cause Wayne, I think you're definitely more like, uh, kind of self-actualized in that way. Um, I'm kind of more of a people pleaser. Right. And that's kind of a very water like ability. I'm a peacekeeper and a people pleaser and I can get along with anybody and I can kind of take any perspective. And I feel, I think I'm less probably opinionated in general, just in terms of the intensity of opinions. Um, so I think it's a good strategy in some instances, but I think it's probably one of those moderation type things. Now, uh, the last thing I'll say about this, and I think I'm actually, we'll skip over my second topic. Uh, I want to contrast it to kind of like prevailing American thought and in particular American business strategy thought. So I want to compare it to this, um, a couple of ideas from this book called Good to Great by Jim Collins that I read, which is different because he's very much, he, in, in his kind of framework that he builds for how to be successful in business, it's about disciplined thought. The, like the way you think has to be disciplined. So intellectual, unchanging, uh, analytical rigor, the people executing it have to be disciplined and unmoving and assertive and not like water. They have to be like the iceberg that sunk the Titanic and then disciplined action. And then, Another component that he highlights is what, what he calls the hedgehog concept, where a hedgehog has one move. It folds up into a ball and it's got spikes. And that's its move for any situation. And it doesn't adapt to the situation and try out new strategies, offensive or defensive. It's got one defensive strategy and that's all it does. And he says that a company has to focus on, first of all, 
what it can be the best at realistically. And it has to stick to that. That has to line up with what actually drives economic performance. And then it also has to be what it's deeply passionate about. And it can't stray from those things. So I'm kind of curious about your all's thoughts on, so we talked about in the micro concept on how Wayne, who's maybe more um, like he's, he, he knows himself, he knows his opinions and he's going to stick to his guns. He feels like he needs to be more like water. I feel like I need to be less like water. Maybe Josh, you'd say the same thing, but how do you all think about it? that's on a micro level? How do you all think about it on a macro level? Like it seems kind of uh, chaotic, maybe doesn't seem like a good business strategy necessarily. Does it even seem like a good political strategy or is it like water? Yeah. I think so. Cause based on the quote, he said something along the lines of finding your way through or finding your way through it. Like you'll find openings. Yeah. I think especially in a world full of people that are not like water, I think being like water in a smart way, like don't necessarily sell yourself out is a powerful thing because you'll find ways to get somewhere that another person that is trying to use brute force won't. Because I know I personally, and this is because I'm not very water-like, if someone uh, wants something and they come at me for it the wrong way, there's a chance that depending on how on how they do go about it, I might not even do it if it's a good deal for me. Just out of the yeah. principle of the thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. if someone came, if someone was more like water and they spoke to me and tried to figure out the best way to get me to agree or to get where they want to go, I might not put up as much resistance as someone that's going to just try to brute force, this is what we're going to do and we're going to do it because I say so or whatever. Like that doesn't work as well when everyone's like that. You yeah. need people that are going to, you know, adjust, adapt, be, I also, I think that that quote kind of made me think people that are like water, probably more observant, less worried about, someone who's not is going to be all about them they're going to be thinking about what they want either straight line how to get there and they're going to be willing to step on people do whatever they need to do to get there right but Mm -hmm. someone who is more like water is going to look at their environment look at the people involved in this scenario and probably be able to find the cracks they can go through and meet less resistance that's what i take from it yeah yeah, I think that's a good point. So I'm almost hearing in that, like, if you're a, if you're like water, or it's advantageous to be like water when you're around a bunch of rocks. Yes. But, uh, you know, a bunch of water coming up against a bunch of other water, the metaphor kind of falls apart, but um, I think context matters. There's a lot more rocks than water, especially in our society yeah so yeah but i have to wonder too i think so maybe it's just something that is maybe it's something that is only true for people individual people in specific contexts um because i think when i think about okay how does this translate into business strategy well okay if you think about a company who 
is going to chase a lot of trends that are not better, better legitimate trends, but might just be fads that aren't very well aligned with what they're good at, what they're passionate about, what drives performance in their firm. We've seen companies like that kind of struggle and fall apart. So it seems like it's not one of these like universal truths, but in specific contexts, it has meaning. Um, Josh, what do you think? Hmm. I think companies probably have to be more assertive. But if you're in a company, the farther you are away from uh, being in line with what the, the farther away you are in be, have to being in line with what the company represents and says, then the more like water probably benefits you. Um, so I was thinking about trying to start up. Uh, you want to do one thing to start. Yeah. Um, like you do this thing, tell everyone you do this thing and yeah. hopefully someone gives you more funding to do, do that thing. Um, and if you're like CEO of like a Fortune 100 company, um, you tell people one thing, that's what you're going to do. And if you are like chasing a bunch of things, you probably aren't going to do as well. Yeah. I was thinking also in the Fortune 100 company, if you're starting at the bottom, and you're trying to, you know, climb whatever ladder you're climbing um, to get to the, to the position to be um, representative of the company. You probably being like water is probably a lot more advantageous because you're kind of going from place to place. Um, you want to be uh, not friendly, but respected by um, the people you work with. Um, so yeah, I guess I'd say as long uh, the more your role is in line with what the company does, you ought to be more assertive. But if you're not, then probably water is better. There's yeah. one thing I kind of want to push back on or yeah. challenge just a little Sweet. bit. Yeah. So when I think of water or when I think of Bruce Lee being like water, I don't think of that as chasing fads or anything like that. I think that someone who's more like a rock and someone who's like water, if they both have a goal, they each have a goal, right? The rock, For me, the rock is going to try straight line, do what they need to do to get there by almost like bullying or pushing people in ways that they might not want to go, which can work depending on how powerful you are. But especially when you're a like startup or small company, I think being like water would be more powerful because if you're in a small company that doesn't have a lot of money or a lot of power, you're going to have, even though you have that goal, you're trying to get from point A to point B, the rock's going to try to go straight there. Water is going to try to go there. And then there's the obstacles. They're going to adapt their strategy. They're still trying to get to the same place, but they're going to go around things and find different ways to, further their cause. So I don't think that it's really about going in different directions or anything like that. You still have the same single goal. You're just more adaptive in how you get there. That's the way that I took it. You've convinced me. I think you're right. Um, because yeah, you're gonna, you, you, as a company, you probably have a problem trying to solve and you're gonna pivot 
depending on mm -hmm. what you think solves that problem. So your answer may not be the same once you get to the, get to the end. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like, try yeah. something, fail, adapt, try something else. Right. Keep adapting until you get where you're trying to go. So if, I would want someone who's more like water, being yeah. the CEO of my company, personally. Yeah. At least the way I read yeah. it. Yeah. I know. That's what's tough about it is like, <laughs> we just have a couple of sentences from Bruce Lee. Yeah. And uh, he died. Low, younger sad. 30s. Yeah. I didn't know he was that young. Very sad. You guys got me wanting to watch some Bruce Lee movies, man. Yeah. How did he die? Uh, Do you remember? So, I remember how his son died, but I don't remember how he died. So I'll tell you the how he died, and I'll tell you my grandma's take. Um, <laughs> he took a painkiller and had a bad reaction to it. Is how he died. My grandma says he was teaching too many people the secret kung fu arts and was poisoned. Wow. <laughs> That's I, a good... That would make more sense. I don't feel yeah. like... What kind of painkiller was he taking that he would have a bad reaction and die? It required a prescription. Um, or it wasn't like off the... You can't, can't go, like, go into a store and buy it. Um, hmm. It was like a you had to have something prescribed to you. Seems like in that line of work, you'd be prone to physical injury. So you're going to probably run into a painkiller eventually. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the quote means, but uh, I think it's interesting. Overall, I like water. And I think our potluck was uh, pretty delicious. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> delicious. Uh, so this brings us to our final segment of the night, which is yay or nay. And I've got nothing. Uh, Josh, do you want to toss out a yay or nay for the group? Um, highest grossing movie in Japan is Demon Slayer. Anime. Yay or nay? Wayne, you go first. Anime. You yay. Mean? You're yay on anime? I, I would have said, like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. Do you have the answer? No, I I mean I'm a yeah. I watched the whole like <laughs> series this past week just because I was like, holy crap! Like, I don't understand how this movie, any anime, became the highest grossing film. And I guess like anime is really good, actually. But a lot of them have really good stories. Yeah, they're so, like, well thought out. Yeah. So Josh is yay on anime. Wayne's yay on anime. Josh, what was it that you watched? Do you watch Demon Slayer or you watched a different series? No, I watched Demon Slayer, the series. I actually haven't watched a movie yet, but um, I'm planning to. Um, do you, ha you have an answer, right? Uh, oh. No, there wasn't a question. Demon no, Slayer no, was the highest grossing movie in Japan. Yeah. It beat out um, Howl's Moving Castle, I think. Wow, which is good. Yeah, oh, been. yeah. Do those count as anime though? They don't really. The what's his name? Uh, Miz Mizaki. Yeah, what's yeah. his name? It's good stuff. The studio yeah. Studio Ghibli and Miza. Yeah, Man, it's I'm it right now. It's like you're you're gonna, uh, yeah. I guess my question is this: a lot of anime, it seems very story driven, right? Mm -hmm. 
why can't you do that with real people? That's my only qualm with anime is I love watching people do stuff. I love seeing the actors. Yeah. Why can't you just do it with real people? That's the only reason I'm going to dissent and say nay. It's kind of like my understanding, unlike Howl's Moving Castle or Kiki's Delivery Service, which are so visually beautiful, but I don't think they count as anime. Um, they are. I don't, they are? Yeah, anim- yeah, they are. What, what's the definition of anime then? I know it has something to do with being created in Japan. Um, and it's animated. That might so anything be- from Japan is animated. I mean, yeah. is Toy Story anime? No, because uh, it's like, But can't you make American anime? Who? You can't make anime in America. It's like no, Champagne. It has to be from the uh, Champagne region. Yeah, because Avatar is not anime because it wasn't made in Japan. There's a lot of uh, basically anime. It was made in Korea, but they can't call it anime because it what? wasn't. So anything animated from Japan is anime. I think. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but. I thought it had to be like this kind of like serialized, uh, uh, like graphic novel style animation. I thought there was some more parameters on it. I'm not going to say nay, but I think the only reason I do say nay, or I want to, is that I'm a fan of live action stuff, even if it's weird. Um, but now, I mean, it all just comes out of the definition of anime. What is anime? We're left with nothing but questions. Yeah. What is water? We, a- we answered the question, what's an earthquake? But Wait, Trevor, are you yeah, or nay? Are you nay? I don't know. Uh, I-, I need the definition. I don't know. I Googled it and it says it's not clear. Actually, the... Uh, because <laughs> I think of... I think of manga which surely can't just be graphic novels from japan i mean is that the definition of manga graphic novels from japan ah see those are so broad i'll go yay just to be no i have to go nay we can't all agree it's it says a style from japan which i guess you know it when you see it sort of thing that's what i feel like i feel like there's stylistic components to it um oh no Okay. Like is a Western? I don't know. Um, but my well, biggest, my biggest, we should talk about this at some point. Um, the reason, the the point at which uh, Game of Thrones started being bad, to what Trevor said, was when they started focusing on story versus characters, yeah. and because the whole beginning was like this character-driven, very in-depth. You knew who these people were. Um, Truthfully, was, I thought parts parts were weren't that visually entertaining. It was nice because you know the costumes were all very well developed, but not, not, not a lot of action. Um, but once it started towards like the last season, um, they had to push the story. Anyway, that argument was made to me, and I think I buy it. Mm, that's a good point. Here's real quick, uh, just something funny I saw yesterday on YouTube. Have you guys ever seen Pitch Meeting? pitch it's meeting guy yeah it's this guy and he does pitches about different movies and tv shows and stuff like that he did one for the last season of game of thrones hilarious what's he on is he a tiktok he's a youtube guy uh yeah he's on youtube i think screen rant 
check him out. He's he's pretty funny because he does, but he does like the producer and he does the writer. And, but he points out all the dumb stuff that are in movies during the pitch. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And I'm I I gotta find definitely it. Definitely check it out, guys. Hilarious. I've watched probably a solid twenty of his videos in the last week. Oh, all like maybe five minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. So everybody watch pitch meeting. Yeah. Um, Wayne, you want to say goodbye to all of our audience? Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Till next time. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Sorry, My bad. Stay, stay, stay warm or cool. Whichever. Who knows what tomorrow will bring. <laughs> well all said. Right. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.